0: Filters that are constantly filtering get dissolved. Just for that period of time, you're kind of like seeing the matrix, like the movie The Matrix. You're kind of seeing the meta structure of the world in which we live because that those filters are dissolved, and you realize that there's like there's something bigger out there than just yourself. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more.
1: Hello, friends. Tina here. Thank you so much for joining me each and every week. If you are not a part of my Intuitive Woman Facebook group, I want you to go check it out. We are growing leaps and bounds. I keep saying this. We have an amazing, amazing community. It is the Intuitive Woman Facebook group. It is a private group. I do have a couple questions for you to answer before you join, just because I'm looking for just the right people that want to share spiritual topics, be spiritual leaders, and make a difference. So go check it out if you're not a member. I hope this finds you well. And as we head into another week of the new year, I hope you're hanging in there. I know so many of us are working with our new words, our word for the year, our intentions, our resolutions, and I'm doing the same. So just putting one foot in front of the other. It's all about just creating a better version of ourselves or a better version of who we already are. So I want to share with you a very special guest that I have on the podcast today. Now, interestingly enough, I'm going to tell you about her, but It is going to be a very off topic for her in this podcast. I have the most lovely Carol Cox. Carol Cox is the founder of Speaking Your Brand, and Speaking Your Brand helps high-performing, purpose-driven women, entrepreneurs, and professionals create their signature talks, keynote talks, TEDx talks, business presentations but you're not going to hear that today from Carol. You're gonna hear a completely different version of Carol and a very important and pivotal time in her life. Carol is gonna talk about her spiritual awakening and it is so much fun. We had so much fun. I'm not gonna give out too much details because I wanna share it with you and let you know what's gonna happen. So just sit back and enjoy. And I know you're going to love this conversation with Carol. Hi, Carol. How are you today? I am great, Tina. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. I cannot wait to share you with all the listeners. Before we start, I always like to start with going back and sharing your background, sharing how you were brought up, religious, spiritual, or both. So
0: I would say that I grew up in a typical Protestant family. So we would go to church on Easter and Christmas. And my, my mother's side of the family was Lutheran. So we usually go to the Lutheran church, again, kind of Christmas and Easter. And then my sister and I, we would do vacation Bible school during the summertime. My mom thought it would be a good idea for us to get those lessons maybe she just wanted a place to get us out of the house too <laughs> so we would do that and so i kind of grew up with just a like just typical american protestant household we weren't very religious cuz we only went a couple of times a year but it was definitely things you know read the read the bible when we went and things like that but that was pretty much about it and then when i was in college in undergrad at the university of florida a close friend of mine and I, we started to going to church pretty regularly. We went to a Baptist church again, this is Florida. So it's Southern Baptist. So it's, it's a little bit different than the Lutheran upbringing that I had. And so I, but I enjoyed that time. It was about a year, probably like a, a, a school year round. And I enjoyed that time because I learned a lot. I learned a lot about religion, about the people and about the culture But it wasn't really the right fit for me, or at least it it didn't continue to be. And then so my love really is of history. I love learning about different peoples and cultures and times and places and what people did. And so I think that, that experience came out of just my love of learning and of learning about different people and cultures. And then that was pretty much about it. And then from that point on, so I was probably about 20, 21 years old. And then why? we're going to get into like what where the spiritual awakening happened much later, but that was it. And then I was non-religious, non-spiritual from that point going forward until probably about six or seven years ago.
1: So pretty interesting. So you were brought up, but did you feel like you were following it because it was something you were meant to do? Or did you have a connection back then? Or was it just like, well, this is what my parents do and this is what... You know, I'm just going to do this because this is how I was brought up.
0: Well, it was just yeah, like my mom's like, okay, we're going to like she'd always buy dresses for me and my sister. We're only three years apart, so we'd have little matching Easter dresses or matching Christmas dresses. So it was just the time to get dressed up, and we would go. And I really didn't really think much else about it. I didn't really feel a spiritual connection to it. It was just more as just my just my curiosity of oh, we're going to a going to a place. We get to see the people. We get to kind of hear the songs and
1: see the pretty decorations.
0: <laughs> that was
1: it. So then there was a whole period of time that you're saying you really were not religious or spiritual. If someone said to you at that time, Carol, what is your faith? What do you believe in? what What would have been the answer?
0: I think I would have just said just there was nothing. It was just a blank. I really just would not have been able to put anything down at that point.
1: So now we're so intrigued. We're so we're so We like kind of really. Intrigued us because here now, all those years of feeling like blank, having darkness, right? Like uh, there's nothing. So, share with us your spiritual awakening.
0: So, it was around, I would say, 2008, 2009. I'm not sure exactly why it was that time period. I think, well, there were changes going on. I had had a technology software business and then decided to go teach at a university. So to kind of get out of working from home all the time. Cause it's kind of isolating, you know, kind of lonely to work at home now all the time. So I got a job at a university. So I was there. So I was probably surrounded by new people, different people than I had been before. And so I and I started getting interested in Buddhism. So as a, really as a philosophy of life more than a religion. So I started you know, reading books about Buddhism. There's a great book called Buddhism, Plain and Simple, really, because Buddhism can be hard to understand. The book did a great job explaining it. So my husband and I would start reading that book and kind of like having a little book club together and we would talk about it. So I would read different books about that. And the, I don't know why this memory comes into mind, but you, the movie Avatar, I think that came out around 2009. And I loved that movie. The connection that it showed between people and and the earth and nature, like that interconnectedness, that way that it was expressed in that movie really spoke to me. So remember, we went and found a Buddhist temple in Orlando, Florida, where I live. Kind of went to a couple of things. It wasn't quite what we were looking for because again, we're more interested in the philosophy than the religious aspect of it. So So I started studying that. It was interesting. And then in 2012 my husband decided he really wanted to go visit Peru. And so I was again, love history, love learning about peoples and cultures. I'm like, sure, let's plan a trip to Peru. So December, 2012, we planned a trip there and we found a group to go with, searched online and found this kind of like spiritual group that was going. And it was 12 people total, that was the maximum size. And the woman who was running it, she was living in Peru, but she was from Kansas City. So she was an American and she was like a yoga teacher. And so we were going to go hike through the Andes Mountains through this tour group and then end up in Machu Picchu and then go to a little town called Pizac, which is in the, uh, the sacred valley of Peru outside of Cusco. So we had this whole trip planned. And so when we started the journey, again, these were all strangers to us. We didn't know any of the other people who were on the trip. But we were all coming there for a purpose. Like We were looking for something. Some of the people on the trip had a, you know some type of trauma in the past or were working on relationships with people. Some of them were finding inner peace or a higher purpose for themselves. We were all looking for something. So we go literally on this journey, this trek together through the mountains, hiking every day. And then at the end, after the week or so, we ended up in that little town in Pizac, And this was on the winter solstice of 2012. And so we had an ayahuasca ceremony. And ayahuasca, for if listeners don't know, is a plant medicine that is indigenous to the people of the Amazon region of South America. It's a plant that they brew that they 've been using for hundreds, if not thousands of years. The shamans use it, and it 's a way to kind of connect with yourself with a higher purpose, and they use it for a variety of different purposes within their their local cultures. But then more and more non Amazonian people have heard about it and are coming down there to use it. So we did this beautiful ceremony in this temple that they had built and Here's the best way that I can explain it. So I've been studying Buddhism for a few years by that point, but it was very intellectual. My understanding of the interconnectedness of myself, the people, the universe, it was very, I'm a very logical person. So very intellectual, very logical. But having that experience kind of removed the filters for myself in particular. And I understood it experientially for the first time versus just intellectually.
1: Wow, that's pretty powerful as you're talking, because I'm a visual learner and one of my gifts, I talk about the Claire is an in intuition. So is clairvoyance. So as you're talking, I always see pictures in my mind. That's how I process information. And I keep seeing the number 12. Mm-hmm. So you went 2012, there were 12 people. And so I'm putting this all together. And of course, I'm going to have to look up the number 12 because I don't know it off the top of my hand. However it all came together synchronistically, right? So these particular people all came together seeking different things at the right time, at the right place and the solstice, which is pretty powerful. So it's almost like what they would say, have you ever heard the term like a soul tribe or a soul family, Mm -hmm. that kind of karmic? So it was just almost timing for you, it sounded that you just ended up there. And maybe you ended up taking the trip because obviously it was something new, you wanted to try it, but you were open and available to spirit to kind of allow it in. So take me back to that moment when you're at the ritual. And I know a little bit about, I know a little bit about, it's even hard for me to say the word, say it again for me, because I always (laughs) mess it up. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. And so, and I had another guest on recently about that. And I was like, how do I spell that thing? And I've heard many different things. I've heard about Peyote, you know, different, different things in the Amazon. And I have a lot of yoga friends. So it's going on journeys and quests. Take us back to that time where you're in this ritual. Or, or even coming out of it, or the experience, like the reflection from there?
0: Deep meditators, people who've meditated for a long time, they have experiences like this. You can have experiences like this with things like ayahuasca and other plant medicines. But it's really, it's hard to describe in, in words. It really is. But you just, you feel like these filters dissolve. We process the world through filters because otherwise our brains would not be able to take in all of the information that's going on around us through all of our senses. It's too much. There are tons of things happening even right now as I'm talking in my environment. There's cars going by on the street, right? There, we were talking about hums that happen from the electricity in our walls, right? There's hums happening. There's smells probably going on. There's all these things. But if my brain was trying to process it all at the same time, I wouldn't be able to function as a, as a human being. It would be too much. But I feel like when something like ayahuasca is that you those filters that are constantly filtering get dissolved, just for that period of time. And you're you're kind of like seeing the matrix, like the movie The Matrix. You're kind of seeing the meta structure of the world in which we live because those filters are dissolved, and you realize that there's like there's something bigger out there than just yourself. And seeing that. Again, since I've been studying Buddhism, I kind of understood these concepts to begin with. So that was helpful. But they were still... They were very abstract concepts to me. So having had to experience this and, and feeling, like you said, like the soul tribe, the soul family, I feel so connected to those other people on that trip. Even though we were only together for two weeks and they live in other states, so I've never seen them again. But if they ever needed anything, I would be there for them in a moment's notice versus people I probably have known for years and have seen much more often, but you don't have that same connection with. Because there's something about doing that ritual experience together that accelerates that sense of trust and connection that you have with each other.
1: After that experience, that you had this spiritual awakening it's it's almost like a growth a huge spiritual growth period i mean prior to that you there was darkness there was nothing there was you know no you would say i don't really have a faith and now what so who's the carol that comes out of that who tell let's share that piece because that's the piece where people are saying okay now what? How is your concepts change Your thinking changed? Like wherever you want to start with it from that point forward.
0: Yeah. So I am so a very logical, organized, structured person, high achieving, goal-driven, type A, like I call myself type A, and also would worry about things, right? Like worry, like I wanted things a certain way, whether in the house or in my business or whatever it is, like I, you know, wanted things in a certain way. And if something wasn't Going to plan. I was a big planner. Something wasn't going to plan. I would get frustrated with that. You know, it would kind of like mess up. Kind of like, oh, everything is messed up. And then now, and this didn't happen in a moment after that. But I, but through you know meditation and through other and through other development, I just don't have that sense of the need for control that I used to have. Like I'm much more. I don't know if my husband would agree with this or not, but I'm much more lax. Like I'm much more patient not not 100% like we all have our moments but i just feel like i let things flow like flow over me and flow through me much more than i had before and maybe it's because i realized that there is a bigger picture out there and it's those small things don't need to be as bothersome as i used to let them and i don't oh okay here's the big thing with with ayahuasca and plant medicines you can't control it so okay, yes. Now I'm reminding me back. So I went into the experience. I had watched some documentaries. There's great documentaries on there about it on like YouTube. Not so great ones probably too, but right? there's some good ones on there. So I had watched. I knew enough about it. So I went into the experience with like my sense of, I'm going to control it. I'm going to have the experience that I want. And it's going to be like the way that I want it. And as the medicine starts working through you... This is what happens. It gives you what you need, not what you want, because it's it's intelligent. Like it knows what to do, and so it was like, and I could almost hear it talking to me. I was like, oh no, Carol, you think you know what you want, but that's not what we're going to give you. And I, it was in that moment where I realized that the more I tried to control something, the more resistance I was getting in my own life, and then it just didn't make any sense anymore. To be like that,
1: even in that moment, you were. Connecting to yourself, your intuition, your inner guide, whatever you want to say, to say, okay, Carol, I need to let go here. You need to allow. Have you ever heard of the term "if you resist, it will persist"? I have heard of that, but I have not
0: used that myself. But now that you say right? that, like, yes. so the more you resist yes.
1: something, the more it persists. It just is there. So in that, even in that moment, as you're like, I'm going to control this. Plant. I'm going to control this. I'm going to have a certain experience. There you are saying, I'm going to let it go. Let it. Let it do what it needs because it's. And I don't know a lot about it because now, now of course you're going to have me research it. But to understand the uniqueness of it, and also the, I don't want to say power. I think there's a bigger word than that. Mm-hmm. But intelligence. I want to mm-hmm. say intelligence of it. It will work. On what you need. I love that.
0: Yes, it is so true. And that's really what, like the, the 12 of us who went on that journey together, because of course we talked about it afterwards. And this is what, so I ended up doing a, a presentation about my experience in Peru the year after I had gone. I did a Pachacacha presentation at, at Pachacacha, Orlando. You can pronounce it Pachacucha. I think it's supposed to pronounce Pachacacha. So I did it. And when I, and i when i wrote the presentation you know that helped me a lot to kind of put together my feelings about this and is that all of us discovered that what we were seeking by going on this trip was really already within us and kind of like that that ceremony that experience just again lifted those filters lifted the veil so that we could see it and that we we recognize or at least i recognize that i am the creator of my own reality and people say that all the time Right. Like in Buddhism says it says it all the time. Like you create the reality around you. And you're like, yeah, 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 sure. But why is this person here or why is this happening to me or whatever? But like literally in that that ceremony, you realize that you do create the reality around yourself. And it's up you can choose how to respond to it, whether to control it or whether to let it flow
1: around you. So that was six years ago. Yeah. And how long does a ritual take? How long does this whole process take as you're speaking about it?
0: So the ceremony is, is usually, it's a few hours. So they, they do it usually at night. So maybe you'll start like nine or 10 o'clock PM. And then usually you'll stay until the next morning. And the plant probably, it takes like a few hours for the plant medicine to kind of work through your system.
1: But you were with also, you were in a safe space. You were with shamans, I'm assuming, and, and people that... Yes, okay. absolutely. And so now here we are six years later. And is it just a constant learning of what you've learned? Like, is it a, is all every, every day, every growth, the things you learn about yourself, do you remind yourself back or is it just always there?
0: I do. I think of it regularly, I do as a reminder, kind of like a talisman, a reminder of how things could be different or better or or how I could react, things different. But there is something like constitutionally in my body, I feel different than the person I was before, beforehand. Like I said, like that sense of having to control things just really dissipated a lot. And having the self-awareness of what I had been doing versus what I can do now
1: was a big transformation. Wow. So now day-to-day... Do you have a spiritual routine? Do you connect? Obviously, you can't do this every day. No, you would not want to. You would not want to. And I I don't even think as we're speaking, this is legal in the United States. Right, right. In Um, Peru, it is. Right, exactly. So So we're not, you know, I'm not...
0: Yeah, well, there are so actually, but there are so you you're allowed to do it in the United States if you are part of a church because it's considered a sacrament. So the Supreme Court ruled on it back a, a while ago. I don't know, ten or twenty years ago, that if it's part of a sacrament in a church, then you are allowed to use it. So just okay. to, yeah. so there are so if you see churches out there who are doing it, not churches in the in the traditional sense right. that we think, right?
1: It's because that's why they're doing it. Very, and right. I, I, it's good to know that because that's pretty interesting too. So. Now is do you have a daily routine or do you have a practice that connects you? Obviously, it'll be different, but you have a connection now that you have regularly. So it's aspirational,
0: <laughs> but I do. So after that point, I, I went on a silent meditation retreat the following year, and it was uh, a wonderful thing to do. And that was in 2013, and I swore I would keep doing it, and I haven't been back to one since. And I need to make time in my schedule to do that because it was incredibly impactful to do that. So silent meditation retreats are great. Just a meditation practice in general. Again, it's aspirational. I'm not great at it. I don't sit down every day for 20 or 30 minutes. I kind of have what I call seasons of meditation. So I will be really good and I'll do it for a month or two, pretty much every day. And then I'll take off six months and then I'll come back to it. And I have found I used to kind of beat myself up for that and for, you for know, lacking the discipline to do it. But now I realize that That's what works for me is having the seasons and I pick it up when I feel like I need it.
1: Right, because you're trying to, you're not as hard on yourself. You're not that, I mean, you're growing out of that perfectionist mindset. Exactly, the control. The control. So now the question is, if I said the old Carol or the Carol prior to this, what is your faith now? What is your belief now if someone asked you?
0: I would still say that I align most closely with Buddhism. Again, Buddhism as a philosophy of life, as kind of thinking about what is suffering. Suffering is the way we choose to react to things, and that we can control. We control control that aspect of it. Just using Buddhism as a guide for me for living a good life and and being a good person to those around me. So that would be the what I would answer as the closest, my closest spiritual practice or spiritual alignment.
1: And have you gotten back to Peru since then? I have not. And I'm going to put this
0: out now into the universe and onto your podcast. So my company is called Speaking Your Brand. And I help women entrepreneurs and professionals create their signature talk, their presentations, keynotes, TEDx talks, things like that. And so I would love to do a retreat for women... To go through the the hiking trip that I went through, it was amazing. It's like 5-star lodges that you stay at, but they're very isolated, 12 people per lodge. It's it's amazing. So I would love to do something like that. I don't have a date planned or anything like that, but that is what would definitely get me back to Peru and to be able to share that experience with other people.
1: Well, you don't know this because we didn't even speak about this offline, but one of my... I have been doing retreats and they've been local and this year I'm finally doing one in Sedona, Arizona, teaming up with my sister. So it's out of state. But on my vision board, it is two places that I want to go to and one is Machu Picchu and the other one is India. So, we'll have to talk perhaps. Yes, <laughs> maybe we could do a joint one. That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be that would be <laughs> wonderful. But that's as you're talking I'm like jumping in my chair like, "Oh my god, me too." <laughs> yes, I love it. So, I want to share with the listeners, what would you say, and it could be in any part of your life, that you would say you had an intuitive moment or you listened to your intuition? And mm. maybe it was already what we talked about, but...
0: Yeah, this is actually a really good question because because I am so left brain, so logical, analytical. I really have not used my intuition for most of my life. I haven't... I just really didn't even think about having it too much. So I would say, but I, you know I feel like I, I understand it just because people like you, Tina talk about it more. you know you have your podcast. it's becoming more known for especially for us women to be able to tap into that. And so when do I use my intuition? I think I, I feel like I'm trying to use it to make faster decisions to make better decisions. So I'm very much a research oriented person. Like let me find all the facts, let me get all the information before I Are make you're a decision. A <laughs> yes, I on yes, the Colby assessment, I'm super high fact finder. And so but which is fine for in some cases, but it also slows down decision making. So I feel like now what I'm doing is I'm allowing myself to use to trust my gut, to trust my intuition to say okay, I need to make a decision on this and I'm going to and I'm going to do it and I'm going to feel the sense of what is the best direction to go in versus trying to analyze it all. I love that. That's great. Where can people find you, Carol? So the best place is to go to speakingyourbrand.com. And you can find my podcast there, links to my Facebook group, links to my coaching programs, everything is there. And then maybe eventually a retreat. (laughs) A retreat
1: to Peru will be on there. Yes. And you've heard it here live on the Intuitive Women podcast. I love that. We're putting it out in the universe. Oh, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tina, for having me on.